Welcome back to the Jack Rabbit Fitness Podcast. We're recording out of Swamp Rabbit CrossFit in downtown Greenville, South Carolina, where it's our mission to lengthen and improve the lives of people in the Greenville area by providing the best hour of their day. I'm your host, Brandon Simpson, and joining me again on the show is Kara, one of our coaches and uh, RD, who is going to be putting out a nutrition seminar uh, as we're recording this next week. But uh, what we're putting on, or next week, on January 28, 2020, at 6.30, which uh, anybody is welcome to join in on that. You can connect with us via socials, email, whatever, to let us know that you would like to join in. And uh, that would be through either our Swamp Private CrossFit uh, socials on Instagram. You could do Facebook if you're uh, in my generation and you're older than the uh, Instagram generation. We're all too old for TikTok here, I think. Yeah, or I don't have a TikTok. Snapchat. Or, or a Twitter. Or a Twitter. I've never had a Twitter. I haven't. Because Twitter. Twitter is the big burning dumpster fire of the internet. <laughs> like, it's the home of the angriest social media users. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a scary place. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not man enough for that. But uh, you can reach out to us there or at SwampRabbitCrossFit at Gmail to... Uh, let us know that you'd like to attend the seminar. So the, the conversation we want to have today is geared around some basics on nutrition and uh, particularly trying to discern between different ways to attack that animal. Like we all got to eat. Yep. If you haven't been eating for your whole life, you're not listening to this podcast. Also, I'm not sure how you made it this far. Exactly. So you want, you're not even here. So... Uh, and everybody has all these strategies. Like one of the things that kind of amuses me is when you go in a bookstore, if you still do things like that, I know most people probably shop for all of their everything online now, but you can go in a bookstore and just kind of walk around and uh, you see in the nutrition, kind of health section, whatever, it's like there, there's like silent wars going on on the shelf. There it's like so many choices. If you eat wheat, you will die. If you don't eat wheat, you will die. And it's like everything is like they're just quietly facing each other, fighting to the death on the, the shelves of the bookshop. So uh, compound that with trying to talk to people on social media about fad diets. Don't do it. Which is a mess, <laughs> yes trying to uh, look through blogs, trying to find influencers, trying to find whatever. Um, and it's just so much to sift through. And um, I don't know if I've said this to you before, but I, I believe there's a, a concept where there's kind of simplicity on either side of complexity. So when I'm a novice to a subject, so you may be listening to this and health, fitness, nutrition is a new interest for you, which good for you. That's awesome. Like that's one of the best investments you can make in your life is to take care of your, your machine mm-hmm. um, because your mind will be sharper. You'll bring a better you to every situation you find yourself in. And you have the same body for your entire life. Right. So the more that you take care of it, the better it's going to benefit you, right? It's not like you can go and trade it in when it gets no, old and worn five-year down. lease, I'm going right? to get a new one. Nope. The, the thing that you have is what you're going to have for your entire life. Right. So you should you know, consider taking pretty good care of it. And if you take care of your body, your body will take care of you and so many ways. Yeah, so it's a, it's a huge investment. So on that side of the scale, it's pretty simple. Like I'm gonna eat a little bit better, I'm gonna move a little bit more, and I'm gonna generally reap the benefits of putting in that effort. 
Um, but then you start to get educated a little bit and maybe you don't have a background in health, nutrition, sports science, all this stuff. And so it starts to feel like there's a million things that you don't know, which there are, and that's great. It's fine to kind of get into that place and, and be interested in the discovery of it as it's your hobby. Um, but it can become really challenging because you go, well, there's this diet, that diet, this training methodology, that training methodology. Uh, I want to get a bigger squat. There's 300 programs for squats. When I Google squat programs, which one should I do? And um, what, what Kara and I would probably say to you is it depends it depends right so yep. every it's like the most annoying coach <laughs> answer but i can tell you this it's an expert coach answer so if you're talking to your coach and they say and you say i have a x goal i want to lose weight what should i do and you go well uh, if they say right away you should do a b c one two three come back to me in three weeks when you've made all these changes to your life either that coach doesn't really care if you make changes or maybe they really care but they might be a little more novice in guiding somebody through that process mm -hmm. right and really the superpower of a coach is giving you the shortcut to the results that you want which is usually change yep. right usually we're trying to help you change something that you feel like you're you're stuck on uh, or would not want to figure out for yourself and we know how to do it so it's easier to get through there so expert coach when you say hey, I wanna, I wanna get into my nutrition stuff, is gonna say, tell me more. Right, any coach that responds to your question with another question is yeah. trying to dig in and, and find out more about what the best route or recommendation or adjustment is, um, and they need a lot more information in order to do that. Yeah, to do it yeah, responsibly and, and individually, because every nutrition intervention, every exercise intervention, is an in of one like there's one person your lifestyle your habits your history your preferences and so a good coach is going to dial that in which is on the one hand why individual coaching can be so expensive because you're, you're you're drawing on a lot of experience from your coach and a lot of energy in trying to piece together uh, the best way to help you reach your goals so when you're in that complexity space it can really pay to have a coach that's really helpful because they've they've been there I've walked through that simplicity, complexity, simplicity thing in a, a number of areas in, in health and fitness. But on the back side, once you've kind of assimilated that knowledge and, and made sense of it, and you have kind of a structure for how you approach things, then it becomes a little bit simpler again. Mm -hmm. So you and I, if somebody said, hey, uh, what do you do for nutrition? You'd be like, oh yeah, like a lot of it really doesn't matter. And I like to do this, this, and this. But that comes on the heels of spending at seasons of my life months weighing and measuring everything that I eat. So I have a pretty good visual reference for what's going on, some experimentation, some amount of lifestyle choices that says, you know what, the level of um, commitment I would need to reach this thing is really not worth the trade-off to me to uh, give up these things or lose this time or whatever the case. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this general thing. That's simple for me. But it came because I had a lot of ways of thinking about nutrition and health and all this, and I, I kind of boiled it down to what works for me. Kara's done the same thing. 
she's a little more dialed in. Yeah, and for me, I'm sort of in that complexity phase again because my goals have shifted, right? So now yeah. I'm back in the experimentation and the, the fine tuning and the figuring everything out um, and trying to find out what works best because my goals have shifted, my training has adjusted, even my everyday day-to-day -day schedule is different. So mm -hmm. I'm doing different stuff, so I'm back in that like, okay, well, what do I need to adjust? What do I need to fix? What works here? What works there? And really figuring out back again what works best for me. Um, and even though I have the education and the experience behind it, I still like to talk to my coach and say, hey, coach, I'm really hungry. I'm really sore. Right? These are the adjustments that mm -hmm. I made. What's your feedback on it? Yeah, totally. Um, and being able to have that person to bounce ideas off of and get their feedback is very helpful. Super helpful. Because that, um, it's hard to be your own doctor. Yep. You'd be an idiot if you try to be your own lawyer. Yep. <laughs> and it's tough to be your own coach, it right? Is. Coaches need coaches too. They absolutely do. For sure. So what we want to do today is, is try to shed some light on that complexity area when it comes to the big general categories of how you approach nutrition. So um, I would probably lay those out in just a few categories of strategies there. So you have um, exclusion-based diets. Mm -hmm. So examples could include keto, where we're going to drop as much carbohydrate out of our diet as we can to, to get into ketosis. Um, and there's, there's probably strategies, like there's times for these exclusion things. You have uh, elimination diets where somebody may be dealing with a food allergy or yep. something and they're trying to discover what exactly is causing them problems. Yep. Uh, that's not probably a long-term strategy, but it helps you to discover a long-term strategy. And oftentimes it's done with a healthcare professional right. um, and sort of having that guidance and that communication um, because whether it's a dietitian or a doctor, they're able to help you fill in those gaps mm -hmm. of those broad sweeping eliminations. I've worked with people who have had some autoimmune responses, meaning they've had inflammation, achy joints, itchy skin, um, lots of headaches, lots of bloating, and we go, okay, let's do what we call an autoimmune diet, which mm -hmm. includes a lot of eliminations to see what clears up and then you introduce stuff back in, but that's for the purposes of let's figure out what's causing this response, right. not we want to lose 15 pounds in 15 days. Yes. So the target or the aim or the idea behind it is a little bit different. Totally. So other, other elimination diets that are a little more kind of culturally popular, especially in the CrossFit space where we live, uh, paleo, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to eliminate a lot of more kind of air quotes modern foods from that, things that were, were more processed. Um, and then some carbs that, in my opinion, probably fine to eat, but they fall outside of the paleo. Um, the most aggressive popular one is probably the Whole30 kind of challenge where I'm going to get down to 30 food types for 30 days, uh, which is, is uh, an interesting experiment. But I don't think it's like the, I'm going to base my lifestyle on this, unless you're somebody who's fairly robotic and comfortable with maintaining that tight of a, an eating window. Um, so elimination style diets, which generally we're going to cut out one macronutrient or sometimes two out of three macronutrients. Like if you go to carnivore, it's like we're going to get rid of all the fats that we can and all of the carbs that we can and just eat protein. Um, you know, and, and some of this we're going to generalize broad brush. So if you're into one of those things, like I'm not telling you that this is the only way to think about them, but we're just kind of categorizing things so we can understand what we're talking about. Then uh, another broad category, especially in CrossFit life, is kind of a if it fits your macros approach where we'll find out uh, based on some, some general math or testing if you have access to that. So 
Uh, I've done a test with Kara with an indirect calorimeter um, in the past to say, all right, you're gonna come in fasted, breathe into this machine for a while, it's gonna test the metabolites coming out of you and say, all right, this is about how much energy you burned in this time period. So with some math, we're gonna figure out, we're gonna estimate this is what you'd burn in a 24 hour period. Maybe we got some exercise activity mixed in there. So here's your basic caloric need. Yep. Once we figure out your basic caloric need, then we would say based on activity, here's how much protein you need. Based on how much protein you have and how much of the pie that takes up, here's how much carbs you need. And then we're gonna fill in the rest with fats as a, a loose general approach to that. So then we might say uh, that leans from food quality is of utmost importance to food quality doesn't matter as long as you're eating your macros. And to some extent that's true. Like you can anywhere in that, that range, if you're dead on with your macros, you'll generally see the, the aesthetic goals that you want develop. Um, there's some health things in there that change based on food quality. So we would always lean towards, hey, the, the higher food quality, and I guess we should define that, higher food quality, closer to natural sources, uh, more vegetable-based things, um, good proteins from, um, generally speaking, complete proteins, yep. things that had a face. Yep. So the complete protein stuff, meaning it has all of the amino acids, which are essentially the building blocks, right? Yep. All of the things that we need that we can't produce. Yeah, little Legos that make you. Yep, right? that's where, so the complete proteins have all of those important amino acids, the incomplete ones, which tend to be more plant-based, they're lacking some of those. So you yeah. kind of need to do a little puzzle to make everything fit together to get that whole complete picture. Yeah, so all four, if you want to do a vegetarian, vegan, plant-based diet, like go for it, but know that it will take a little bit more effort to be sure you're hitting all your bases there. So we got a macros approach, calorie counting kind of thing. Um, you, you could kind of loosely expand that into like the zone or Weight Watchers where you're kind of doing points and, and measuring against that. But those points are representative of a number of calories in a certain category. So it's like same kind of deal. And then um, maybe outside of that is a more habits-based nutritional approach. Yep. So exclusion diets, uh, calorie counting, macros kind of diets, and then more of a habits-based thing. Um, when I uh, went through the precision nutrition course to do nutrition coaching, uh, their, their predominant method is to lean into habits coaching. Like we're competent to do the other two and understand that those are tools in a tool belt for certain people who are, are more geared in on that stuff. But for most people, most of the time, a more habits-based approach. Yeah probably makes a little more sense. Yep, even with um, my undergraduate degree, um, talking a lot about the, the conversation that you're having with people, right, the motivational interviewing, doing all of that and focusing more on those, those habits and then fine tuning it as we go if there has to be some sort of medical nutrition intervention or if you wanna get more specific about um, the macronutrients and all of that. But even all of that is very much centered around your foundation, your habits, what are you doing mm -hmm. first? Awesome, so if, uh, if I'm listening to this and I am um, interested in nutrition, let's say, let's maybe put ourselves, let's two, two categories of listeners, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's more obviously, but like first category, uh, let's start here is I'm, I'm just getting into trying to eat better, right? I wanna eat air quotes, good foods yep. and, or 
clean foods or whatever. Healthy I, foods. Healthy foods, yeah. So I, I'll joke with people when they say clean foods. Like I, I eat clean food only. Like I don't, I'm not like getting it out of the dirt and eating this food. Um, I'm gonna clean, even if I got it out of the dirt, I'm gonna clean it before I eat it and it's gonna be clean food. Um, but I'm, I'm just getting interested in all this. Maybe I'm, I'm starting to bump into that complexity barrier where it's like I've done a little Googling, I'm, I'm trying to read and understand because I'm interested in that, but man, I don't know what I should do. It feels like I need to change my entire life if I'm gonna reach my goal of, generally speaking, getting a little bit leaner, maybe building a little bit of muscle mass, and when you're brand new, you're in that category, both of those things can happen concurrently pretty easily, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm brand new, I'm not exposed to any of this stuff yet. So if I'm that person, you mentioned motivational interviewing, like how, how are we gonna start the conversation, right? Just pretend I am that person and we can kind of play through that a little bit and then we'll jump to this next category. Yeah, so the very first thing I would wanna do is to find out, Brandon, what are your goals? What brings you here? What are you hoping to achieve? Yeah, so I'm, the, I'm that generic kind of um, new athlete, I'm interested in this. So um, I'd like to lose a little bit of body fat. I'm interested in nutrition, but man, I don't understand all the the chaos I'm finding online. There's lots of blog posts. They all seem to be arguing with each other. Uh, but really, I just want to get a little bit leaner and uh, feel better in my clothes. Gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, people come to the gym for a whole variety of reasons. So tell me, what would it mean to you if you were to get a little bit leaner? What impact would that have on your everyday life? Yeah. So there, there's a question that your coach should be asking you. Why do you care about this? Right? Because on, in the, when, when it gets challenging to make a change in your habit, if you don't have a why, yep. right? The old Simon Sinek book, Start With Why, like he's made a good career on that because it's such a foundational question to mm -hmm. ask. If you go, well, I wanna get leaner, and then they say, well, what's that mean to you? Why do you wanna get leaner? Like what's the human reason for that? Um, be honest, right? If you have a coach asking you that question, it could be, um, I've heard a variety of answers there, so I'll, I'll pick one. Um, planning to go on vacation this summer and I'm just kind of not comfortable going to the beach, taking my shirt off and I want to be confident to do that. Yeah, having self-confidence is really great. And so if you were to be able to boost your self-confidence and how you look on vacation, how would that impact your day-to-day -day life? What difference would that make for you? Oh, good question. Um, and if nobody ever says, oh, good question to you, when you <laughs> ask them a question, you gotta work on your questions. Uh, you know, I feel like I feel like I might be even more confident with clothes on. So when I'm in meetings with people who I normally am kind of, I, I feel like I have something to add, but I feel uncomfortable putting my voice out there, throwing my ideas out there. Like, I feel like that confidence might help me out in other areas of life as well. And it's just nice to like not pay attention to myself. If I'm at the beach, my kids are there, my family's doing stuff. It's all strangers there anyway. It's like, I don't, why would I even care what they thought of how I looked? but it still bothers me. And so I, I feel like I'd be more present with the people that I'm there to be with anyway, if I was less conscious of myself. Gotcha, okay, so what I'm hearing from all of this is you're really wanting to focus on maybe some changes with your nutrition because you feel as though you'd be able to boost some self-confidence which would impact not only your view of yourself, but maybe the relationships with your family and, and how you carry yourself at work. Is that, is that about right? Yeah, I think, you, I think you hit it on the head there. And so when, when somebody, so that's, that's motivational interviewing. It's what's behind the thing that mm -hmm. you care about. And um, how often have you in those conversations unpacked something with someone that they didn't even know was kind of lurking beneath the surface? 
pretty much most of the conversations that I've had, the more that I've practiced it, right? Yeah. So as a new RD, it was very much, you know, getting comfortable with myself and asking those uncomfortable questions mm -hmm. because, you know, both people in this situation are like, oh man, like I'm feeling really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And as the person asking those questions, it's like, oh, I really could make this person very vulnerable. And mm -hmm. am mm -hmm. I, do I want to hear what their response is? Mm -hmm. Right? So some of that just comes with practice of like, I know that, you know, the more questions I ask and the more like, whew, this could be, this could be a, a vulnerable answer, that tells me that I'm getting down to um, the meat of it. Um, and so most people that I have a conversation with, you know, they'll get jokes of like, this feels like a therapy session. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, because and it know, kind of is. It kind of is. All of this stuff is connected, right? Yeah. There are so yeah. many connections between how we feel and, and the choices that we make. And, and if we don't see those connections, then it's going to be hard to break through some of those tricky barriers. Yeah. Um, because we have trouble identifying sort of like what's at the root of it. Everybody's got blind spots. Yep. Right. And, and so having someone to help you hold a mirror up to some of those blind spots and say, oh, did you know this was a part of how you're making decisions about food, how you're making decisions about how you present yourself in the world, how you feel about your body, mm -hmm. uh, which are things that go with you everywhere you go. You, yeah. You're not escaping your body unless you have the ability to make astral projections and you can float around in, in space. I don't personally know anybody who claims to be able to do that. Never met anybody yet. Yeah, so we're stuck in these things as long as we're here. And so we, we ought to have a good idea of what's, what's driving and motivating and, and pushing us. So even for no other reason than to get a better understanding of yourself, it might be a good idea to hook up uh, with a coach and have some of those conversations about what are my goals right now? Why are those my goals right now? Um, in fact, at our gym, that's a goal for us is to have that conversation with everyone every 90 days and to, to help people unpack what they're doing and why and um, help them make the best use of their time that they can invest into health and fitness. So if I'm that, that new person, we've kind of identified what's the thing behind the thing. And that, that uh, role-played conversation we just had is so generic. I mean, I've had that same conversation with those generally same kind of underlying things mm -hmm. that it's probably two-thirds of the people that I talk to who want to do something about their, their health and nutrition, right? That's, that's the base. Yep. Family is, is a huge motivator for the majority of people that I've talked to is wanting to be a better version of themselves for their family yeah. um, and being there to support them. And whether it's being a role model uh, for their kids or being just having a better relationship with their spouse and their partner, yeah. um, all of those are motivators yeah. and all of those are great Great motivators. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 totally. No no judgment there. Like, we want you to be the best for the people who matter the most. Yeah. So if I'm that person, I, I, we've identified my core drive here. And then we also have, well, we understand that I'm, I'm fairly novice to all this mess. And I'm, I'm a little confused. How do I start that person off on the right foot when it comes to nutritional habits? Do I go, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. Paleo diet or uh, Whole30 or insert kind of elimination diet here. Do we go, all right, I want you to come back to me with a food log for the next three days. We're gonna track all your macros. We're gonna make some comparisons. We're gonna do some equations and figure out what your, your guest-based metabolic rate is. Do we say, uh, here's, here's a habit that I want you to try out this week and let's get back together next week. What I like to do, honestly, even for some of the higher elite athletes that I work with, what I like to do for most people is work on the foundation, work mm -hmm. on the habits first, um, because a lot of people don't realize sort of 
where or how or why they're making the choices that they're making. So for someone who is just getting started or even someone who's been trying to track their macros or has some experience with nutrition, I like to take sometime four weeks at least to really say, okay, what are your, what are your current habits? Let's examine those. Mm -hmm. And from those, let's pick one or two that we're going to work on over the next couple of weeks and really try to make changes to those habits and then building on them. Um, I really am very much a fan of doing the, the slow steps to change. Mm -hmm. Um, because if we try to, you know, turn everything upside down on its head and say, okay, well, everything you're doing is wrong. Let's make 14 changes that I want yes. you to accomplish tomorrow. It can feel extremely overwhelming and people, yeah, you know. Yeah, forget about it. Right. Like the, the second and third order consequences of you're gonna, you're gonna, you need to make this change. Well, that means that I have to change when I go to the grocery store and that means I have to change how I take my kid to daycare and that means that I have to change and it like spirals out of control where yep. there's just no way that you're gonna accomplish all of that right. in one fell swoop. And then it comes down to, well, this didn't work again. It's another failed attempt. And then there's all it's that. Me. It's me. I am a failure. I'm the, the core problem mm -hmm. with why I can't get into shape, why I can't lose weight, why I can't be happy in my body, yep. all that stuff. That's good. So starting with the habits-based approach, uh, there's a great book, The Power of Habit, that's really eye-opening to find out how powerful habits are. And it's a really natural thing for you to do because you, you are learning as you grow up to ignore more and more of the world. If you, if you can't ignore more and more of the world, there, there are uh, DSM diagnoses for that where it's like life is overwhelming because you can't just focus in on what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And when you're wide open to everything, for a, for a generally healthy person, that's a state of pretty intense energy expenditure and anxiety. Like that's like, we just dropped you off naked in the jungle and you're like, every sound, every feel, every thing you see, it's like, I have to take all of this in because I'm in danger. So when we can narrow your focus and allow you to ignore most of what's going on and say, hey, let's just, let's just do this one thing. Mm -hmm. And that's again, the value of a good coach there's a million places you can go from where you are right now, but let's, let's take this one path and test it out and let's really gently like be cool with yourself, not being able to like nail this every single time. But if we can mold this habit of, uh, whatever the case may be, don't eat while you're watching TV mm -hmm. or while you're scrolling through social media, like distracted eating. Let's, let's see this week. Can you eat your meals without uh, a digital distraction eat with a friend? hang out with your family, like the human interaction there, totally cool, no digital distraction. Great. And you might find that person eats like 300, 500 calories less every day because they stopped scrolling while they were eating and they weren't distracted and they just paid attention to their food. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of, like you said, build the habits because the body you have now, the experience you're living now is the, the sum total of the habits you currently hold yep. in, in a lot of cases. And so if you start to kind of gradually build the habits that build the life, that's where we want to be because those are, those are doable. I want a different life is a really big, it feels like a really huge um, gulf to cross. I want to fix a habit yep. with guidance from a coach, with support from somebody who cares about me, who's going to hold me accountable and check in on what's going on way better, right? Yeah. So I'm the new new person interested in health and fitness. Um, the, the, you could educate yourself and start picking habits that you're gonna start trying to improve on. I wanna quit smoking, I wanna start exercising, I want to 
drop the sodas, I want to whatever. Awesome. Totally support that. Like yeah. you don't have to have a coach to start making those decisions. But if you're somebody who feels overwhelmed by the process or you're somebody who has more, uh, less time to invest into figuring that stuff out and it'd be helpful to have somebody who's already done the work and can help guide you through, then a coach is a really great idea for that. So habits-based, we would both lean that way. Yep. And then if through habits-based, we get educated to the point and develop the skills with how we're making decisions to then address it by a, a macronutrient count, cool, no problem. Like that's a, that's a useful tool. Or if through the habits we find that the best way for you to kind of manage what you're eating is to loosely follow a, a paleo diet, cool, no problem. We, we've kind of worked our way there uh, by helping you address the things that were tripping you up that you didn't even maybe know were tripping you up, instead of just carte blanche, here's the prescription, eat this way, you'll feel great. Yeah, and what I have found is that doing the, the habits, the uh, building healthy habits or building um, habit-based changes is really there's more self-discovery. Right, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that I was mindlessly eating every time I sat down to watch TV, or I didn't know that eating a certain food caused me to have stomach pain. So mm -hmm. it brings that self-awareness, or I didn't know that I was eating really quickly and therefore I was going back for seconds and thirds because I wasn't feeling full in that amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it brings about the self-awareness of like, oh, I had no idea that was even happening until I paid attention to making that change, and this is the result because of it. Yeah. Um, and so bringing all of that in and bringing all of the awareness really helps with making those changes um, because then, you know, let's say you found out, hey, you know, this, this thing hurts my stomach when I eat it. Okay, well, let's talk about what that looks like if we're not going to eat it anymore what needs to fill that place, right? If mm -hmm. you're somebody who has a gluten sensitivity or eating bread hurts your stomach, well, you still need good, healthy carbohydrates. So talking with a coach about, I'm not gonna eat this certain food anymore, mm -hmm. what goes in its place? Yeah, That's a good conversation, healthy conversation to have as yeah. well. How the substitutions there, right? So yep. it's not that bread is a bad food, it's that your body just doesn't agree with you eating bread. Right. And so for you, is the trade-off of feeling sick worth eating bread? Sometimes, sometimes some people will say yes right but if it's if it's most of the time you know what no i don't like feeling that way right right i don't blame you great and so let's find some strategies that will help us avoid that while still supplying your body with what you need yep and if, if at all possible is also still pleasurable to eat of course that's Cause, the goal because that's part of the the deal right yep uh, there's so much tied up in eating um, with the social aspects and the enjoyment aspects and and that's why there are people who can make their living as chefs mm -hmm. and as sommeliers and as coffee roasters and so on because we really do enjoy all that stuff that we get to do it can be very like very much like memory based we talked about this last sure. time but yeah. like tied up in memories or mm -hmm. enjoyment or socializations or celebration i mean most of it think about how do you celebrate or how do you yeah. you know do most things at all is centered around food so mm -hmm. Still being able to keep that enjoyment aspect of it while making sure that you're getting what your body needs to get you to where you want to be. Totally. So if if we're so we got the first kind of person who is just getting interested, maybe a little confused by everything because there's so many voices and they're all shouting at each other. Um, hopefully we've given you a little bit of kind of calm, rational, like let's think through why and how we might approach these things. Mm -hmm. uh, then on the the second kind of person we would say maybe I'm a little more experienced athlete. I'm, I'm more interested now, uh, if we had the motivational conversation to say, um, 
it's, it's really important to me to be a, an effective athlete. I want to be a great mover. I want to get faster. I want to build some muscle mass so I have a bigger engine. What does that do for me? Um, well, I really enjoy competing and testing my body and finding my limits. And so if I'm, if I'm leaving something on the table, I feel like I'm, I'm letting myself down and it's important to me to kind of find out my, my capacities. And what does that get me? Um, at the end of the day, a lot of the same things. Confidence, I, I feel happy with the way that I'm, I'm living my life, mm -hmm. the way that I'm using my time, you know, I'm, I'm maximizing what I've got towards the things that are important to me. Um, so what do, what do I need to do as the, the athlete there? So that really, it, it depends, right? So it, de it yeah. depends yeah. on what you have been doing beforehand, right? Yeah. It could be that maybe you're a naturally gifted athlete um, and you know, you're eating all of your food at the end of the day. So some of that is having a conversation of, okay, well, you have achieved all of these things. You know, you've been doing it for a long time. You want to be competitive. Let's look at what your habits are, right? Maybe there are some changes that, changes that need to be made to your habits. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're an athlete that, you know, typically eats when they're hungry, um, feels like they have a pretty good balance to their plate, or maybe you're looking to, to take that up a step. Maybe you're the kind of person that enjoys tracking their food, right? Not everybody mm -hmm. likes it. I've talked to plenty sure. of people that are like, nope, no thank you, just tell me what I need to eat and when yeah. I need to eat it, because yeah. I don't want to have to keep track of it or write totally. it down. So let's, let's, pick, let's pick an avatar here. I'm the pretty experienced athlete, um, not totally naturally gifted, where, where uh, Brandon Chapin uh, used to call those people DeLoreans, where you just put anything in for energy and they're just going to keep burning and they're going to go so fast they go back in time. That must be nice. Right? Yeah. Most people are not that person. That's, that's the person who you see at the gym and you're like, you see them at a party and they drink like seven beers and eat a whole pizza and they have an eight pack and they can do a thousand pull-ups. Yep. And then they PR their lift the very next day. Right. And like as if nothing happened. Right. Right. So that's, that's the person we all love to hate. Um, but let's say I'm, I'm a, a more normal athlete. Maybe I'm not a division one. You know, I didn't, I wasn't born with super genetic gifts, um, which if you were good for you, awesome. We hate you, we're but you're welcome in our gym, right? <laughs> you're welcome to come here and work out. Um, but we'll all just secretly despise you. Then, um, so I'm, an, I'm a norm, normie, and I'm working hard. I'm, I'm invested in my fitness. I, um, maybe because of CrossFit, I came across either Paleo or The Zone. Mm -hmm. So I have some experience kind of tracking and paying attention to what I'm eating. Um, and I have, a, I have a decent idea of what makes me feel good and what makes me kind of feel off when mm -hmm. I come into the gym the next time. So that's, that's me. How do you how do you start that conversation? Because I feel like that's going to hit the the more intermediate, early, advanced CrossFitters, kind of in the sub regional level athletes, like yeah. with the people who locally are going to be pretty competitive, um, or who aspire to that as kind of the ceiling of their their athletic peak in CrossFit. Yeah. So with that person, we would really want to shift from the habits to sort of looking at how do I fuel my workout and then mm -hmm. how do I fuel my recovery? Um, because if you are not fully recovered, you can't perform whether it's the volume or the intensity or, or the intention of the, the training the next day. Yeah. Um, because those are the people who go from working out to training and have a little bit more intention behind what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so for those people, we want to look at sort of the composition of their meals 
meals, meaning we want to make sure that they have a good balance of the carbohydrates that are used as fuel for muscles and energy, the protein as the building blocks to rebuild the muscle that we've broken down, and then the fat that we're using as an energy reserve. But fats do a ton of other things in our body. Yeah, um, hormone balances and all this. Yep, yeah. all of it. Mm -hmm. um, nerve signaling, and they're mm -hmm. involved in a ton of stuff. So Usually make, important. So, so just as a freebie there, don't go below 10% of your body mass in grams of fat a day. Yeah. Like you want to have fats in your diet. They're yes. not bad. You need them. They are an absolutely essential uh, energy and a lot of other things source. And on the flip side too, you need carbohydrates. If you are spending greater than 90 minutes in the gym every day and you're out active outside wait, wait. of the gym. Spending 90 minutes in a CrossFit gym maybe means working out for 10 of those. <laughs> If you are active and moving your body with an elevated heart rate, you know for who you are. Minutes. You know who you are out there who comes to the gym for 90 minutes and gets 10 minutes of purposeful activity at 90. If you have 90 accumulated training minutes or more, right? Even if you carbohydrates are are have gotten a really bad rap, they've been demonized, just like right. fat has been demonized. Yeah. Eat low carb. Eat. You know, you're gonna get lean. You're gonna this that. Yeah, so you definitely need carbohydrates in your diet, especially if you have competition aspirations mm -hmm. and your goals go beyond aesthetic. You need carbohydrates to fuel your performance. So it's just a matter of figuring out, based on what you do outside of the gym, um, because I'm not sure if we're going to have any professional CrossFit athletes listening to this who only CrossFit for a living, right? I'm assuming that most no, of that's our that's our audience. That's <laughs> our, our that's our, our target <laughs> audience. Yeah, you guys who are listening to this as you know people looking over the shoulders of giants. You know, great. Thank you for joining us. But yeah, no, it's it's all it's all professional CrossFitters. <laughs> yeah. So as people who you know have a job outside of CrossFit, right? Um, Which doing, is all of us. All of us. Yep. They do stuff outside of the gym. So mm -hmm. we need to look at what what does that look like throughout our day as well. Um, making sure that we're getting um, the right stuff at the right time to help, like I said, fuel our workout, give us the stuff that we need before a workout to give us the energy to hit those heavy lifts, to be able to meet this, this training piece with intensity. And then after our training piece is done, make sure that we are being able to recover fully um, and put you know, gas back in the tank because chances are you've used it all um, and we need to put it back to make sure that our muscles can rebuild because when you lift weights, your muscles break down um, and we need to make sure that we put the energy back in to help them rebuild and regrow um, and we put back what we've taken away in that training piece. Dude, totally. I think that's a good place to start to, to kind of bring it in for landing. Um, if you listened all the way through this, I mean, this was like a $300 credit hour that you could have gotten in one of your degree programs. So there's a lot of information that we covered, um, a lot of interesting things that you could track down if you want to dig into more of this stuff, whether it's habits-based nutrition, uh, which if you come to work with us as nutrition coaches, particularly with Kara, uh, that's going to be where we start pretty much everyone out. So, you know, it's not an intimidating thing where you need to be able to identify uh, is an egg mostly a fat or is it a protein or how do I measure what I'm doing with all this stuff? No, if, if you went from, I pretty much only eat Captain Crunch in the mornings to let's get a few eggs in you, then, then your coach can let you know, hey, that's generally a, a preferable habit to what we're gonna do um, and help you identify 
which habits to change, wh where's your low-hanging fruit, what are the things, because like in, in most everything in life, you got kind of the 80-20 principle, mm -hmm. where it's like, if I make a few uh, basic changes, I can get a great deal of benefit from those without having to go the full 100%, because that last 20% change is probably another 80% of the effort. So if we get to an 80% lifestyle, you're probably gonna do really well, yep. right? As the normal person who's interested in the gym, interested in health and fitness, you might see your abs on an 80% lifestyle and not have to be way mega conscious of everything that you're doing all the time when it comes to food and exercise. Yeah. Um, so again, great, great conversation. This is useful forever, unless some wild and crazy research comes out that totally debunks everything that we understand about health and nutrition and helping people to uh, make changes on those things. Uh, if it does, we'll let you know. But it seems unlikely <laughs> at this point. Yeah. The the weight of the evidence is is with us here. So, uh, again, if you are interested in more help with this, and you're listening to this today as we record, then great. You can get involved in Kara's nutrition seminar, where she's going to go a little more in depth in some of these topics that we just talked about. Uh, hopefully, this also demonstrates that like. We know what's up, we know what we're talking about, so it'd be worth spending your time and a little bit of money to uh, get a little more information and take something away from that. I always look at seminars, it's like, if I paid 10, 20, 50, 100 bucks for a seminar, which this one's only 20, and I take away one thing that's gonna impact my life, like what's the, the, the trade-off for, I spent $100, but I learned one thing that for the next however long I live, if I have a normal life expectancy, I got 40 years of benefit out of that $100. Mm -hmm. Like, that's an unbelievable return on investment. Yep. So I, I like to look at it that way when I'm investing in education and, and trying to figure things out um, versus putting $20 into, you know, some giant multinational, cor multinational corporation so that you can get a thing that won't be fulfilling to you once you get it anyway. You know, not that we're uh, raging against consumerism or anything like that, but so it's a worthwhile investment in yourself to do something like that. So uh, you can find out more at Swamp Rabbit CrossFit on Instagram, Facebook. You can uh, reach out to Kara at built underscore not underscore bought, bought nutrition. Yep. Right. Uh, on the uh, socials, you can find me at Disruptive Coach. I'm really not a super uh, social media power. <laughs> But uh, someone's gonna talk me into doing more with that so that I can try to be more helpful to you guys because what I know can't help you if we don't put it out there. And then uh, outside of that, we hope that you have an awesome time and take something away from this that can benefit you in your training, life, and just kind of holistically bringing a better you to whatever you're doing. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>